Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. Our mission is a heart for people and a message of Jesus. We hope you are encouraged in your faith through this message. Thanks for listening. Welcome, everybody. We are so glad to be able to gather together today. If you're joining with us online, good to have you um, as well. I'm going to ask if you would, just to help me out for a minute, because there's a theory that I've got that I want to test to start things out. So first of all, if everybody would, would you just lift a hand up real quick? Just raise one hand up like that. Okay, that was just a test to make sure they're working. All right. (laughs) How many here would say that you have a good friend, that is a good friend? friend that you, no, don't raise your hand yet. I'll tell you when I want you to do that. Got some really excited people out here already. How many would say you have a really good friend that you have never either eaten a meal with or had anything to drink with? Anybody like that? Never had anything to eat with, never anything to drink with? Yeah, interesting, isn't that? Not surprising, but interesting. Would anybody here say that you find eating to be even more enjoyable when it's done in the company of a good friend or somebody that you love? Anybody would say that? Let me see online as well. Yeah, you know, check that out. Now, this is noteworthy. Jesus used meals in order to bless and to connect with others. Now, I don't want that just to race over our heads like, oh, yeah, of course. Jesus intentionally used meals to bless others and to be able to connect with them. You see, this is going to bring us to E in our acrostic bless. If you're just joining with us, our series is called Bless. It's about how do we love our neighbor and how do we change the world? These are five dynamics that Jesus modeled for us. He used them and then he passes them on for us as well. The bless acrostic goes like this. If you want to say it with me, you're very welcome to do that. It begins with B, which means begin with prayer. L is for listen. E today is about E. S, serve. And the second S is about story. That is sharing the story of Jesus. Each of these are life-giving practices. They're things that Jesus passes on to us ordinary followers of his in order to bring the extraordinary message and person of Jesus to everyone that needs him. You see, bless is about what we can do to bless others, that is to bring the goodness of God to them. But when we do, when each of us does that, what we find is that we also open ourselves up to more of God's working and more of God's blessing in our lives. I can say with complete conviction today that Jesus' desire for each and every one of us that call him Lord, that call him Savior, is that we would take these up and that we would practice them because it's something that each and every one of us can do. Now I'm wondering, anyone here ever been criticized for either doing the right thing or standing up and doing something that was good? You ever been criticized for doing the right thing? That just, like, that just hurts, doesn't it? But you're not alone. In fact, you're in pretty good company because Jesus found himself with the same thing happening to him. In fact, once we read this, that the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to be able to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and he eats with them. You can almost feel the sneer that's just kind of 
coming out that way. And to fully appreciate really what's going on here and what's being said, the whole value of eat, there's two big ideas that you just want to make sure that you've um, locked onto. The first, the first one has actually to do with eating itself. Now, of course, eating today is very significant, but in Jesus' day, and in Middle Eastern culture still, if you eat with somebody, you've made a declaration. You've declared friend. You've opened yourself up and accepted them. And that's interesting. It's a Canadian anthropologist, Gillian Crawford, who still just you know, shares today that in every culture, sitting at a table and eating together, every culture of all times is still the most sociable thing that you can do. So that means if you and I, in Jesus' day, or I think today, if we would sit down and eat a meal together, it's saying that we are friends, that we are open to each other. Really big deal. The second thing, Jesus said there was a reason that he came, the intentionality of it. In fact, if someone were to ask you, why did Jesus come? Or fill in the blank, Jesus came to. How would he do that? Jesus came to, some of you are thinking already. Now put in his own words, and he grabbed this title so everybody would know that he was the son of God, that he was the Messiah, so he grabbed this out of the Old Testament. He said, for the Son of Man came. And then he said these three things. Luke 19, he said, The Son of Man came to seek and to save that which is lost. He said in Mark that the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Now, you can just nod your head right now if you're like, yep, I'm, I'm pretty much, I would have gotten those right. I'm, I'm thinking, yep, that's why Jesus came. But then look at this third thing that Jesus says. The Son of Man came eating and drinking. And I want to notice the intentionality of each of those. Seeking after those that are lost. Serving to be able to connect with people. And then eating and drinking. Now, if you happen to be a Bible geek, I mean, I certainly am a Bible geek. I will acknowledge that. But if you're kind of a little bit of a Bible geek as well, then I think you'll find this interesting. In the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those are the four biographies of Jesus. In the Gospels, Jesus is noted to be eating, speaking of eating, 90 times. Now, there's only 38 miracles of Jesus that's shared by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But each of these individuals, they took special note of all of the time, 90 times that Jesus chose to eat and to drink with others. I think Jesus could have gone around and just kind of cracked this joke in his day. Jesus would have said to those that he was sitting down with, he'd be like, um, hey, do you know how to summarize every Jewish holiday in less than 10 words? They tried to kill us. We won, let's eat. <laughs> Every Jewish holiday just brings it all back to that. Why did Jesus do this? Why did Jesus eat with friends? And the purpose was to connect deeper with them. And if I can just quick pause right here. 
For families, do you know one of the greatest ways to connect together? Do you know one of the greatest ways um, to be able to disciple your children, your teenagers, you know, young adults that way? It's in a mealtime. And to take that time intentionally to be able to eat together and to converse together. I know today we, we compete with phones and so we've just got to discipline ourselves, right? We've just got to, you know, put our phones down or stack our phones and then use that mealtime just to be able to deepen relationship. That's what Jesus intentionally did with friends. But why do you think he did it, that is, Jesus ate with sinners? And by sinners, I mean, we're talking about people that were not living like Jesus lived. <laughs> we're talking about ungodly people. You could say that, like, not Christian lifestyle people. Why did Jesus sit down and do meals with them? Simply, to be able to connect with them. To be able, then to be able to build relationship and to share good news and hope and to help them to connect with God as well. Let's look at an example of this. If you happen to have a Bible with you, I'm gonna ask you to take it right now and turn with me to Luke 19. If you could pull one up on your phone, if you're using the Bible app, go to Luke 19. Pretty familiar story here. We're gonna start in verse one and tells us that Jesus entered Jericho and was just passing through. Jericho is a city on the way to Jerusalem. And there was a man there by the name of Zacchaeus. And he was a chief tax collector, which means he had many other tax collectors underneath him. He'd risen to the top of that pyramid. And he was wealthy. In other words, Zacchaeus, he was uber rich. And he wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was so short, he couldn't see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and he climbed up a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. Now, you just got to picture it, you know. Here's, here's Jesus coming, kind of the Jesus parade that's going on there. And Zacchaeus, he goes and he climbs a tree just to be able to get a look at this person, Jesus. And so when Jesus reached the spot, he looks up and says to him, Zacchaeus, hey, Come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. In other words, you know what Jesus just did? He invited himself over for dinner. He goes like, I'm doing dinner at your house, you know. So Zacchaeus came down at once, and he welcomed him gladly. And all the people, the whole Jesus parade, they saw this, and they began to mutter, he is gone to be the guest of a sinner. You can almost see stinking sinner in there. But Zacchaeus stood up and he said, Lord, look. Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor and if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay him back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. You could tell by Zacchaeus' reaction that what he's got is real because he just takes half of his wealth and he just gives it away and then makes a commitment that he just made here. Four times if I've wronged anybody or shortchanged them. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. Now, there's a principle here. And the principle would be this. And that is before conversion, there's something that takes place. And conversion's really important. Conversion is opening oneself up to what Jesus has for them. Conversion changes our life. Conversion I mean, it changes our eternity. But before conversion, there was first 
connection. The reason Jesus went over, and in fact, if you've got your Bible open, if you would write in the margin of your Bible between verses six and eight, the word eat, because the event of Jesus going and actually doing dinner with Zacchaeus takes place between those two verses, which is why Zacchaeus responds the way that he responds there. You could write bless in the margin there as well. But Jesus connected, and that was followed by conversion. There was conversation that came before conversion. And if we learn that one principle and the value of it, we can help and bless so many people just following Jesus' example. It happened to be Easter, which makes it as vivid in my mind as I remember this. Um, Easter, after one of our services, a woman came up and introduced her husband to me. His name was Steve, and so she says, guy, this is my husband, Steve. And as soon as she said that, Steve added to it. He interjected, like the introduction wasn't complete. So she says, this is my husband, Steve, and he goes like, and I am an atheist. I was like, hmm. So I said to Steve, the atheist, I said, um, hey, Steve, um, would you be interested in going out to lunch this week? And he just looks at me and goes like, you know, first of all, did you hear me? And he says, uh, nope, I'm busy. You know, in fact, I'm gone all this week. Okay, cool. How about next week? And he just kind of smiled. He goes like, eh, sure, why not? So I met Steve. We went down to La Station and had lunch together. I asked him a few questions, had some conversation. He's a really interesting person. So just great time. We said, hey, let's do lunch again. And we did. And we did it, you know, several times over the course of a year. After a few times of lunch, I decided... Steve, would you be willing just to pray a prayer with me? And I ask him that question. He's like, you know, <laughs> you know I'm an atheist, don't you? And I'm like, yeah, I know that. But I said, um, would you be willing to pray this prayer? God, if you're real, would you make yourself real to me? And he just goes, um, I don't see what that can hurt. And I said, if you'll do it, then, then I'll pray that prayer um, as well, Steve. And he did. Now, it took a while. It was like almost a year that I saw this connection and somebody who I call a friend, that he opened himself up to Jesus. Steve's life was wonderfully changed. It was greatly blessed by God. Bless. It is going to stretch us and it's gonna kinda of call us up. But as I said, it's something we can do. I think that there's two letters in here that are especially stretching. I'll tell you what they are for me. You can see if you agree or not. But I think the letter E and the letter, the second S, are the ones that really stretch the most. Because when you invite somebody to go out and get coffee or to get something, you know, you get something to eat or drink together, there's an intentionality that has to go with that. And it's almost like, okay, I'm committing here of friendship. I'm, it's, a, it's a commitment just of, of connection that's there. You don't know where it's going to go, but I find that like, okay, I, things just kind of went to a different level. And then the second S about story, actually sharing the story of Jesus with somebody that, again, that just kind of brings things to a different level. But if we'll do these things, things that all of us can do, in fact, I'll just ask real quickly, how many here can eat? Yeah, check it out. We can do this. If we will do these things, we're going to find good that comes from doing so. Sometimes surprising amount. In fact, listen to Hector's story. 
Hi, my name is Hector Hernandez. My wife and I, Sandy, have been coming to Fox River for 16 years, and we are now part of the Bless Series at church. Uh, one Sunday, we came to church, and Pastor Guy was doing a sermon on relationships in your neighborhood and uh, the people that you knew or you didn't know. And he brought up this page, <clears throat> and it said, who is my neighbor? Well, me and my wife went through this on the way home, we were, we were talking about it. We don't know our neighbors. So I, we were thinking about what we could do, and we came up with having a block party. We had made some flyers, and we started handing them out in the neighborhood. People in the neighborhood, when you come up to the door, they think you're a vacuum cleaner salesman, which we're not. We told them, we said, we're just having a block party. We want to get to know our neighbors. When we thought about this, we were nervous. We weren't sure how to do it. And again, my wife would say, let's pray about it. We had faith in the Lord that go out there because, you know, he will lead you in which way to go. And what he did is uh, he gave us the courage to go meet, just, just to get out there because we're all nervous about meeting new people. And just put yourself out there, introduce yourself, as, you know, just say, hey, we'd like, you know, we're having a party and we'd like to get to meet you there. And all I was to bring was just to bring like a chair, a dish to pass, and the food that you wanted, you cook it, we'd supply the grills. Everybody likes to eat. And uh, when you go out to dinner with friends or whatever, it just puts everybody in a relaxed mode. They can sit back and relax, don't feel whatever. It's just relaxing when you're eating and conversation just blossoms from there. And the day of the party, people came out of the woodwork. They just showed up. People that we didn't know, some people that we did. And it all came to, we just want to get to know our neighbors. And from that point, it just blossomed. Found out one of our neighbors was a DJ. He ended up playing the music for us and we were talking to him. Another man was um, the IT, did pictures and website. Now we have a website in our neighborhood for just our block, just for our neighborhood. But all in all, it was just a chance to open up about the Lord and to get to know your neighbors. Because we all want to get to know our neighbors. It's just, how do you do it? And at the end of the day, I can just say that uh, we were blessed, and I want to introduce you to our neighborhood. This came about, the pastor guy started talking about who are your neighbors, and this is one of our block parties, and the people are chilling. Yeah, that's a good story, isn't it? Hector and his neighborhood. Actually, Hector started this back in 2014, and he said every year since then they've done it, and it just kind of it grows in enthusiasm each year that they do it. It's something that all of us can do. Now, you might look at that huge group and go like, I don't know if I can do that, um, which is exactly what Hector said when he first talked to Sandy about it. You might choose to start smaller. You might just get a neighbor or two to come over for a bonfire now or get together and do something um, over the holidays. Just connecting with a few of them. And you know what you're gonna discover? That not only are you the hands and feet of Jesus, but you are Jesus that gets to eat with your neighbors because if you don't do it for Jesus, how else are they gonna be able to do a meal with the Lord himself? As I said, this is something that Jesus practiced it's something that he wants for all of us to do. And I just want to call us up as a church. Again, if you, you know, if you own Jesus as Savior, Fox River, this is something that God wants each of us to involve ourselves in. 
And so with eat, I'm going to give us three intentional actions to take with that. And I'll hopefully give you two wins just right off, right off the bat with it. The first thing I'm going to ask us to do would be if you're in a blessed group, would you do a meal together before you end your group? Now, when I did blessed groups over at my house, um, we always had refreshments, but that's basically my rule for every group. I won't do a group without having, you know, food and refreshments there. You know, one of those quirky things, I would call it strategy, but um, we always did that. But we decided that we'd actually do a meal at the end. And with all the meaningful conversations that we had and the friendships that were built, just sitting together and eating together at a meal, it just kind of raised that level of friendship up to another level. It's something that every blessed group can do, and I hope that you will. It's an easy win. If you're not in a blessed group right now, um, November, there's going to be new ones that are starting. You can use the QR code to sign up for that. I hope you'll get in one. I think you'll find it to be something that's just really, really helpful in your life. Two, second intentional action would be in the next 30 days and then monthly, would you get together with two Christian friends, you know, individuals that, um, that, you know, that you're on that same page with and just do a meal or get something to drink together with. This has actually gotten to be a little bit harder, I think, over the last 18 months, right? When restaurants closed down, social distancing, take, you know, um, you know it, that took place. And it's kind of like, you know, just getting together with other people, it, it got taken away from us. So we want to be able to step back into that. You'll be able to encourage a friend. A friend will be able to encourage you because it's something that all of us need. I think that again, easy win, just two times in a month with all the meals, eating, drinking that we do, join with a friend that you, um, that you know is already you know, a Christian. The third thing, anybody think you know where I'm going? The third thing I'm gonna ask you to do, and this again, it might stretch a few of us or a lot of us, would be would you intentionally invite somebody that is not yet a Christian. Either, you know, again, get coffee together, to go out to a, you know, a meal together, to invite somebody um, over to your house just for the purpose of blessing them, just making that connection with them. Now, some of us are going like, you know, I, I, I don't, I, what if we don't have anything in common? I, like, I don't know what I do, you know, I'd say. And I think that's a fear that a lot of us have. So let me just you know, let you tuck this away. In fact, this is in your notes if you're using the app or if you want to go back and look at it later, you'll see these um, at the bottom. But just ask a person, what's good, what's hard, and what are you looking forward to? Where, where's your hope? In other words, um, when you're eating together, just ask a person, what's something that's good in your life right now? What's something that's going well? And when they tell you, just say, tell me a little bit more about that. What's hard? I'll guarantee you, everybody's got something because everybody's got struggles, everybody's got problems. And if a person shares something with you and say, just tell me a little bit more about that, you are going to have something to be, begin with prayer, that you're gonna have to be able to meaningfully pray with a person about. And then, what are you looking forward to? Or what are you hoping for? And this is just really cool to hear some of the things that a person's looking forward to or somebody's hoping for. And I guarantee you there's a genuine connection that will take place if we are willing to do these things. Now hear me. Eating together is the Christian thing to do. In fact, Peter said this. He said, be hospitable to one another. And it's significant that he puts this term one another in there because um, there are a number of one another commands. In other words, this is how a Christian should be living their life or conducting themselves. 
So when we show hospitality to one another, we open ourselves up. We open our homes up. We go out to eat with somebody. We, you know, we bring carrying in. But it's really hard to show hospitality without offering some, somebody something to eat, right? Without drinking together. And to do it without complaint. Paul is even a little bit more just, you know, concise with this. And he said these words. He just said, practice hospitality. In other words, this is something that a Christian would do. Christians should, you know, they're just having people over and being able to eat together. And there's different environments that this takes place in. I think these plates will help us just to, to recognize some of them. This plate, um, there's like, we got this years and years and years ago. So this is like the common stuff that we eat off of in our house. You know, just a Corelware plate. I'll bet there's been thousands of meals that have been actually eaten off of this plate. Inviting somebody in your home can be as simple as just like, hey, come on over. And as I mentioned, you may bring in carryout. It may be a simple meal, but I think you, you discover this pretty quickly. Even mediocre food, that gets some people off the hook that say, I'm not, a, I'm not a good cook. Mediocre food eaten with a friend becomes a great experience. And so we can open our homes up and we can show hospitality that way. We can connect there. We've got paper products. Paper plate, this might be, hey, we're gonna do a barbecue together. We're gonna just, um, you know, we're going to a game together. We're doing something, it's, you know, it's on the ordinary. It's kind of a one-time use plate that way. But it reminds us that, you know, just doing things socially. Don't have to have somebody over. Doesn't have to be fancy or formal. The sections might remind some of you of your cafeteria trays. You're in high school, you're like, okay, you got everything sectioned off right there. Maybe that's why some people don't want to mix their food later in life because they're just used to having their trays done that way. But who do you eat with in school? Who do you do your meals with? And it's like, is it always the same group of people or can you kind of open up the group? How can you bless others in doing that? The everyday stuff, the work lunches that go on. That's an environment that we can bless in. And you've got China. China doesn't come out often in our house. In fact, the very fact it's out right now is unusual. But there are special occasions. Maybe a wedding. Sat with some people, you know, I didn't know at um, my nephew's um, wedding rehearsal not long ago, and we made connection over food. Might be a, you know, special meal, some special occasion that's going on. Use those to bless, to be able to connect one with another. But when you think about this, eating is the Christian thing to do. How many are glad you're a Christian today? <laughs> but, but, but it's the Jesus thing to do. I already mentioned, we get to bring Jesus to other people when we eat with them. But Jesus' desire is for this relationship with him to be deepening together. I'm gonna to leave us with a verse that I'm, I'm seeing in a completely different light in light of what we've talked about today. It's found in Revelation chapter three, verse number 20. Jesus himself, the resurrected Lord in the book of Revelation is saying this. And he, he makes a declaration, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. Now this is a metaphor, in other words, he's standing before us in our lives. So our life, that's the door. He says, I stand and knock. And Jesus says, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, 
He said, I will come in and, say it with me, eat with that person and they with me. You know when Jesus comes to us and says, I'm here today, maybe um, when you open up the YouVersion Bible app in the morning, I stand at the door and knock in your life. If you open up, Jesus isn't just gonna come in to take, um, take up space. He's not just there just to, you know, to occupy in your life. He said, I wanna come into you and I wanna eat with you, which we know now means I want there to be relationship. I want there to be a growing friendship. And that is the truth for every single one of us that have received Jesus as our savior. Are you growing in that relationship with him? And one way, one way, is when we take him and we eat with others. Now, if you haven't trusted Jesus as your savior, this also is a good metaphor that Jesus stands before us in our life and he knocks on the door of our life and he waits for us to open it. Jesus could kick the door down, but he doesn't. He could force his way in, but he doesn't. I think that he should. I think it'd be like way better for people, but he doesn't, but he just knocks. And he may have been knocking at your door for a long, long time. You're just like, not interested Jesus, scared Jesus, I don't know anything about this Jesus for whatever reason we don't open, open the door. But if you would, Jesus said, I wanna be able to come in and I want to have a living relationship with you. I've done everything necessary, my death on the cross, my resurrection, my knocking to bring you a sinner forgiveness and sometimes we're just like I couldn't open my door to Jesus because I'm a sinner (laughs) and Jesus would be like hey remember me (laughs) I'm the one who eats with sinners and I want to open up if you'll open up to me and connect with you as well and that may be your decision today and if so I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer with me but as we pray fellow believer would you Bless. Will you take up these practices that God has for us and let's live them because we can do this. We can begin with prayer. We can listen. We can eat. We can do the others in the future. But with these, we can do it. Let's do it. Let's love our neighbor. Let's change the world. Let's pray together. Thank you, Jesus, that you're the one that comes to us. You're the one that invites us to eat with you. You're the one that declares acceptance, friendship. We know that there's a lot, a lot, a lot of people that could really use you in their lives, Jesus, and we get to be the ones to help bring you to them and help us, help us this month to connect with two people that would bless them by getting together with them. Because we're gonna do that, Jesus, because we love you. And then for those that are ready to open the door of their life and receive you as savior today, Jesus, coming to you, need of forgiveness, repentant, and just wanting what it is that you can bring to them. As they pray this prayer, Jesus, as best I understand, I ask you to be my Lord and Savior today. This is the first time you're praying that prayer. Can I ask you, would you just lift your hand? Just wave at me for a second. If you're online, just 
Raise your hand there. We've got the little buttons for that. Thank you. Yeah, others, just wave at me for a second. Yeah, God bless you. Thank you again, Jesus, for what you're doing. Saving. Transforming. Helping. We love you. And we offer this prayer in your name. And everybody agreement said, amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Visit us online at foxriverchristian.org or check us out in person. Thanks again for listening to the Fox River Podcast.